Happy Tuesday, and I'm extremely ecstatic for our guest today. Uh, she has a ton of knowledge, compassion, some pretty good humor to bring to the table here about how we kind of handle some of the dynamics of caregiving, whether professional or family. And as we know, caregiving can be stressful, and a lot of times we don't take care of ourselves. So with that, I want Miss Brita Miller to introduce herself and share a little bit about what she does. Well, hey there, Francis. Thank you so much for having me join you um, and, and your listeners today. Um, yeah, I like to say that I'm a recovering caregiver. Um, okay. I, uh, I was an accidental caregiver. Um, okay. I was the default caregiver. One daughter and four brothers, say no more. Um, and my mom, she, you know, just had a series of misfortunate, you know, unfortunate events and wasn't able to live on her own. And so she moved in with us and, uh, yeah, it was just kind of, I didn't know what I didn't know, but I love my mom. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, I think it comes, caregiving comes from the heart, right? And, yes. and so can you kind of tell, walk me down that path a little bit of what is it like to just be thrown into the hurdle of being an unexpected caregiver? Yeah, I, I, you know, here's here's an interesting example that I realized years later that that I share with folks all the time. When my children were toddlers, I would meet with other moms and we would talk naturally and easily about, so how's that potty training going? Yeah, I'm bribing them with M and M's every day, or yeah, we got through the night, or yep, pull ups are really working, or no, I'm going totally cloth. Right, all those right. kinds of things. We'd have those conversations, right? So when my mom became incontinent. And was having all these challenges. No one has ever said to me, so how's your mom doing? Are you using Depends yet? How's that going? Oh, <laughs> and yeah. it was a conversation that is never had. I was, I, I felt so isolated. Um, people are either embarrassed or they just don't know what goes on in other people's homes when they're caring for loved ones. And they don't talk about it and they don't share it. And it makes it that much harder because then when you finally bring it up to the doctor or you finally reach out and ask someone and you realize, you mean I could have been doing this six months ago and I wouldn't be doing 10 loads of wash every day yeah. or my couch would still be okay. <laughs> um, and so we don't talk about it. It, 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 is, it was a time when I felt more frustrated exhausted and isolated than I've ever felt in my life. And so I've made it my mission in life to help other people not feel that way. And I think that is, is so well said. It, it's interesting when your family member and the roles get reversed and all of yeah. a sudden you're making decisions for your parent or your spouse that you're like, what? I, I have to do that now, but I'm not ready to do those things. Yeah, I, I never felt like I was ready. But one thing I did make up my mind about Francis, mm -hmm. and, and it was easier for me, maybe, um, because my mom was a pretty sweet person most of the time. <laughs> she was not one of these really cranky, nasty folks that I hear, you know, mm -hmm. that is so heartbreaking for caregivers who are giving it their all and really not receiving any acknowledgement or appreciation or a tremendous amount of pushback from family members and those those situations are, are totally there. So I, I was grateful about that, but the, the decision that I made was that I wanted to do whatever I could to maintain my mom's dignity. Mm. 
And that helped guide me about the decisions that I would make, the words that I would use. Like, for example, I don't believe that, oh, that's my director of marketing. Sorry. There you go. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't believe that anyone over the age of three should be referred to as wearing diapers. Okay. I agree. I, it's not helpful. It, nope. it makes people feel ashamed and diminished. So mm -hmm. I never use that word and I called them disposable underwear. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a mouthful, a lot of syllables, but you know what? I never wanted my mom just to feel diminished and, and bad about that. And when the time came that I needed to find a, a transport wheelchair, the way I put it to mom was, you know, mom, there's, a, there's an exhibit coming up at the Detroit Institute of Arts and mm -hmm. I would love to take you, but you know, I just don't think you're gonna be able to walk that far. And what do you think if we got one of these little travel wheelchairs mm -hmm. so that you know, I could take it to these places? And she said, oh, that would be a great idea. So it was all about something that was going to allow her to do something she wanted to do. It was going to make my life a lot easier. We were going to be, you know, because she was really slow. Yeah. By the way, when I went to look for a, a wheelchair, mm -hmm. you know, there's too much gray going on in senior care, you know, between their hair and their skin, but we don't need all of the uh, walkers and everything else to be totally gray. So yeah. I found this really cool plaid transport um, wheelchair. Oh. And uh, I'm not, it, it was not a Burberry plaid, but it was not unlike a Burberry plaid. And so she had a matching scarf. And when we would be out and about, people would come up to her and say, oh, you have such a lovely wheelchair. And she would be so proud and she'd say, oh, thank you. My daughter bought it for me. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I think what you're saying though is it's about the approach. Yeah. It's not about this idea of, well, this is all we had. You could have gone the path of least resistance, right? And just said, you know what? I'm gonna find a black wheelchair and we're done with it. You know, we're yeah. done. But yeah. I think what I love about what you did there is you said, no, this is not H, this is not something we're settling for. This is something we're working towards, right? We want this bright colored wheelchair. We want something that has some pizzazz to it, right? And, and it was going to allow fun. us to live up, have a, she, it was going to allow her to have a better quality of life by having this assistance rather mm -hmm. than looking at it as, oh, I'm really gone downhill now. I need a wheelchair. Because I think too often with some of our older adults, we get this idea or they get this idea that they move into, a senior care residence or they move into or need assistance at home they think life stops yes and somehow we have to break this stigma yeah. that life doesn't end when this starts it is a new chapter a new whatever that you can still go to the museum you can still go to the park you can still go to the mall or the stores or whatever mm -hmm. it is and we have to go back to that vigor of life doesn't stop as you age we just need to get a little more creative on how you get there. You have to be creative, resourceful, and be mm -hmm. willing to adapt. Yes. And so whether that's your behavior, um, the, the activities you choose to do, um, the way you do them, and, mm -hmm. and you can't get hung up on, well, we used to be able to do this, or you know, we always used to do that. And now, you know what? Yes, this is true, but now we're, we're doing things differently. And um, the, it is the new way to do it, um, but and also your language and your demeanor. You know, if you're resentful, if you are cranky, mostly my guess is it's because you're exhausted. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. so my superpower is taking a nap. 
It really is. And if I, you can find a way to take a nap, it will make all the difference. And kind of think that's a really good springboard into because you're a professional speaker, right? I mean, you're yes. there to be a resource for caregivers. And I want to bring your site up here. Can you kind of talk about because I really found you from your coffee breaks. That's what really got me turned on to, to you was like, I'm like, this is fantastic. Yeah. I think you, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like you give caregivers, especially families, permission to take a break. Absolutely. In fact, my, I said this one time, I was, I was making a presentation. I said, you know, it's about taking a break before you break. And, mm. and I just think that way. And then so many people came up to me and said, yes, that's it. And it's about being preemptive. Like, don't wait till you're a wreck. Don't wait till you are over the edge, cranky, you know, making bad decisions, um, being resentful. Right. Don't 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 wait for that. Be proactive and take care of yourself. And I have to say, while caregivers are wonderful, kind, loving people who care for others, they are the worst at taking care of themselves. I say they're givers. I mean, caregivers yeah. literally yeah. give everything of themselves, uh, and, and, and they don't. And they forget about the the. Or they feel guilty. We, we feel guilty or we feel, oh, it's so selfish. You know, mom can't go to the to the movies. How can I go out with my friends? Mom's at home and, you know, I just can't do that. Mm -hmm. No, no. You need to recharge your batteries, whatever that looks like for you. For some people, bless their hearts, it's going for a run. Trust me, yeah. that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe it's going for a walk, right? Or maybe it's going to TJ Maxx for an hour. In fact, I remember going, I, I love to shop around. And I remember one time making the mistake of, uh, I was in town and I mentioned to mom that I popped in there and she was like, oh, I would have loved to have gone. And I thought I was already in town. It was an hour away. I couldn't come home and get you and then go. Right. So I just learned to kind of zip my lip when I was able to do something like that. Yeah. Um, but maybe it's going to the library. Maybe it's having a massage once a month. Um, maybe it is just going outside on a porch and having a cup of coffee and being mindful about that and not just slugging it down, but right. even just taking 10 minutes to, to feel it, to drink it, to just be by, be by yourself. Right. And, and can I ask what, when you do that, what is the sense that you feel when you take that self-care break, whether it's a five minute break, a 10 minute break, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel human. It makes me feel less resentful when I'm really tired. And I mm -hmm. think, you know what? This is my time. And right. and you know what? Wouldn't it be great if it was a whole day? Uh, wouldn't it be great if it was a couple mm -hmm. of hours? Mm -hmm. But it, it, many times for caregivers, we're lucky if we can get 15 minutes. You know, when my son was, was a toddler, he couldn't say peace and quiet. But I know he heard me say it all the time because he said one time, Mom, we need some peace and quiet. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so you just need to give yourself some peace and quiet. Yep. However long or short that is and do it have it to look forward to. So when you're in the middle of, you know, cleaning up more bodily fluids than you thought a human being could ever create, yeah. you know. Um and and you're just like, "Oh. Oh, but you know what? At 3:15, I'm going to watch an episode of Friends." Right. On YouTube. Or I'm going to go for a walk for 10 minutes outside by myself. Yep. I think that's fantastic. And I think what I want our listeners to hear is it doesn't need to be long. It can start yeah. five, 10 minutes, right? It can start just enough to have almost that self 
respect. I mean, give yourself that self-care that you You're deserve. worth it. You're totally worth it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's such an important message because I know with my own mom, there's the guilt factor. She has guilt for not being with her kids or grandkids, guilt for not being with her mom. It's oh, yeah. mom guilt to the max. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I remember even the first time we moved my grandmother to an independent living with help with some, you know, some daily caregiving coming in, she felt guilty. I was like, well, I'm like, mom, but you're fried. She's like, I know, but still I'm like, no, but still, but still, yeah. I, I, I mean, I like to say, you know, people have heard of the sandwich generation. Mm -hmm. um, I lived in the caregiver sandwich for nearly six years. And, wow. you know, the sandwich generation on one side is the generation above you that you're responsible mm -hmm. for caring for. And the other side is the your kids, the younger generation. Mm -hmm. You are just squeezed in the middle. And mm -hmm. then, you know, if you have grandchildren in the mix, then it's a club mm -hmm. sandwich. Yes. And that's too many carbs. Just too much. <laughs> too many carbs. It's a good way to put it. Especially too many carbs if you don't take some time for yourself. Yes. Right? yes. Everyone needs that reprieve. Um, and again, I want to stress this. It doesn't have to be a full day. Full days would be great, but 10 minutes could be amazing. Because it's not about what's left of you at the end of the day. It's right. what is you. Let me put it this way. For those who are feeling a hard time letting go of the guilt, letting mm -hmm. go of feeling that this is selfish or this is a luxury that you just can't afford. Um, if you are a wreck, you are not going to be your best self, which means that you will probably be short tempered. You will probably not be able to listen deeply. You will not be able to think clearly because, you know, particularly if you're caring for someone that has dementia, you know, it's like every day is a day at the improv without the laughter. <laughs> um, because you, you don't know who's going to walk in the room and where they're going to be at mentally. Um, mm -hmm what era they're going to be living in or who they think is in the house with them. Yep. And you have to have the mental agility to respond in a positive way, to guide them, to keep them safe, to have dignity, but to also not lose your mind in the process. So you, you need to take care of yourself because you're not going to be any condition to take care of anyone else otherwise. No, and I think too, what, what worries me most about these family caregivers is I want them to have life for whatever's next for them, right? Because we yes. hear in, in our industry, when I, when I work with families, we sometimes hear that that primary caregiver actually is in worse health yes. than the person they're taking care of. And it, it goes back to, I want them to still have something else after they navigate their world of caregiving. Absolutely. My, my mom's physician and I talked about this a lot and she said, and she was brilliant. Um, she said when the caregiver would come in with their loved one for a doctor's appointment, she would really keep an eye on that caregiver because that's a secondary patient right there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I never, I never so heard it put mindful, like that, but that makes sense. Yeah. If we're mindful and proactive, we, it's still hard. It's still really hard. Um, you know, I, as I say, I was feeling so frustrated. I was taking care of my mom, um, mm -hmm. my husband, my three teenage children, oh, wow. two dogs, and I had a home office. I had a job in, in my home. So uh -huh. I had the worst of all worlds because I never got to leave. Yeah. And all day long, I felt like I was constantly disappointing someone. Mm -hmm. And so these are lessons that I learned firsthand about um, you know, I knew it was bad when my when my 13 year old said, Mom, I think you need to take a nap. <laughs> oh, yeah. For your child to say that. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
you've worked on something pretty cool here, pretty unique. So can you kind of share in this next little realm that you're moving into? Yeah. Oh, Francis, I'm telling you, I, you know, sometimes I, I don't know. I, I have reached a point in my life where I am doing the thing that I think I was born to do. Mm -hmm. um, I have written a play. And when uh, I'm, a, I'm a storyteller, I've been on The Moth on NPR and, and told mm -hmm. stories about my mom. And mm -hmm. I found that when I want to share my experiences with other family and professional caregivers, mm -hmm. it's the power of story that helps them connect and remember the message. Mm -hmm. um, so rather than just saying, here's the thing to do and one, two, three, but you know, here's what happened to me. Here's the story that might be funny. Um, you know, will touch your heart, but most importantly, will be memorable. Mm. And so I have written a play uh, and it's solo performance. So it's just me. And I play four characters. I play and my background is in theater, too. In fact, okay. I, I won an acting scholarship to uh, university and I decided not to pursue it as a career because I wanted to have a normal life. I wanted to have a family. Yeah. I, I didn't think normal meant also being a caregiver while I had my kids, but Never mind. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's called Mrs. Kelly's Journey Home. And it's a story of my, my mom, my family's immigration from Ireland. Okay. They're them becoming Americans, which, you know, shenanigans ensued. Um, and then my journey uh, as uh, I was very sick when I was a child, which led to infertility and then international adoption. For three kids so it was kind of the full circle um my parents are immigrants as are my brothers and my children are immigrants that's pretty cool. but then the role of switching everything into being my mother's caregiver and she uh she had congestive heart failure which led to vascular dementia mm -hmm. and i i have to tell you when i speak to folks who are not caregivers um or who are newly you know putting their toes in this in this role because they love the person in their life who needs care and they, they don't know what the resources are out there and, and it's just overwhelming. But the purpose of this play is to educate people, to inform them, to help them learn, to learn to be creative, to be compassionate, um, and also to for non-caregivers to understand, you know, people still are confused about the terms. Like uh, dementia, you know, is, is an umbrella term. It covers a lot and there's a lot of different kinds of dementia. And I like to tell folks they're all different, but they're all heartbreaking. Yes. And they're re it's very, very difficult. And if you don't know some, you know, some wonderful techniques, uh, you and I um, know about Tipa Snow's work and mm -hmm. um, about the positive approach to caregiving, which is mm -hmm. so powerful. But if you don't know that, it doesn't come naturally because the person that you're caring for is not the same. They're not the same individual that, that you've known for years and years and years. And if you don't recognize that and find ways to treat them with respect and dignity, it's, it's just going to be so much harder than it is anyway. But, but there is hope. There's, there are resources. There's people now like Francis. <laughs> um, and, and um, there's so many resources, but you have to, you have to step outside your house and, and put the hand out, raise your hand, research things, find out what's there and, uh, mm -hmm. and, and realize you don't have to do this all by yourself. I think that's well said, but I want to go back to something that's kind of interesting is yeah. you didn't want to go to acting as a career, but you ended up 
enacting to share this incredible story. And I, I give you a lot of credit for that because I think making this more mainstream where it's talked about, where it's supported, goes so much further for families and those in this role that feel isolated. So I, I, I literally think it's beautiful. Uh, mm -hmm. And I cannot thank you enough for bringing it to the, to the forefront because too often it, you're in the shadows and it's not, yes. it's an afterthought. Um, and uh, one thing that I've tried to start in Colorado is dementia friendly night out because my biggest heartbreak was when I talked to spouses and go, oh, I'm afraid to leave the house. I'm, I'm like, why? Well, what if my wife does something that isn't okay? I'm yeah. like, so yeah, but what if people look, I go, so, yeah. I mean, and, and so what we, what we did is we wanted to create a space that if someone decides to eat with their hands or play with the water, it's okay because everyone's in that same role because yes. it started to break my heart when I heard they haven't left much or they haven't had a life of them, their own. And right. so I think you have to make it mainstream. And so mm -hmm. I applaud for, for what you're doing. I think it's phenomenal. It's, and I love it, it is. Thank you so much, Francis. It is about awareness and um, education. And I think that that through this play, because it's funny, um, mm -hmm. you know, it, it is pretty funny. And people say, well, Brita, how much of this is really true? And I said, 100 percent. Really, it's true. And they don't because I really could not make some of this stuff up. I'm um, sure, yes. <laughs> but if you say it with a smile and there's there's so much love, so much love in it. And it is so heartbreaking, but people, it, it is authentic. And they know that I'm not just putting it on or, or saying something to hug the heartstrings. In fact, there's a lot, as you can imagine, that I left out because yeah. you know, it's so hard. But yeah. it's, uh, I, the, the other thing that I'm excited about is the the model that I'm using to get this out there. I mean, mm -hmm. would I if, if, if someone called me and said, Brita, would you be available to appear on Broadway? Yeah, probably, <laughs> but that's not my goal. <laughs> right. That's not what I'm. I'm judging as a success. What I'm really hoping is that we're doing uh, the world premiere in October, so it's still in development and mm -hmm. it's still really. I, I've had some readings and the response has been tremendous. Um, but really, what I'm hoping for is this will be a great tool, a fundraising tool for nonprofits for people who serve older adults, whether it is. Um, dementia what, or anybody who is in the position of being a caregiver, whether it's mm -hmm. helping children, um, uh, that this would be the perfect vehicle to uh, to bring me in, to, ha to have a theater. We could do a, a VIP, you know, area of, uh, you know, uh, reception, yeah. sell the tickets. And then afterwards, we could do a talk back. We could do a meet and greet, that kind of thing. And oh, that's fantastic. Sponsors could be involved. If now I'm not uh, in my other life, I did some fundraising, so I am not saying I'm going to help you on this part. But God bless you if you want to do a silent auction and raise money and do Ooh. that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. 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 I love that model, though, because what I always find interesting is when we hear these stories, there's still that more of like, okay, what do I do in this situation? Right. I'm sure you get that a lot like, oh, that was great, but what do I do here? What do I do here? And yes. um, I love that idea of one, the way to raise some money. And two, I think the way to have a, a back and forth where you're passing more knowledge on that can hopefully be used to better 
that day, that life, that person. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. That I'm excited to to kind of see how it goes. And uh, for your world premiere, you'll have to, you know, let us know more details so we can share that uh, when, I when would, those things I, get buttoned trust up. Trust me, I would love to. You won't have to ask twice. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. So we, I kind of want to go into something that's always important for us: is is who's a maverick in your life? That it's it's just really important for us to to bring this up because I think it's it's an important answer and question. Yeah, totally, one hundred percent my mother, because let's face it, I wrote a play about her. <laughs> um, yeah, Mrs. Point. Kelly is is the star of the show. She's in heaven looking down on us. And I'm telling oh, yes. you, she's delighted. In fact, so when she was, um, when I was her caregiver, I, I mm -hmm. was in some local theater um, plays. And it was one of the ways that I took care of myself because for six weeks, I was in a show. And mm -hmm. I'm a, just a really small part, but it mm -hmm. meant, okay, guys, see you, bye. And I left the house for rehearsals mm. and my, my husband and my kids took care of my mom. So she wasn't on her own. I had that luxury. Mm -hmm. um, but when I went there, it was just for me. I, mm. It wasn't learning a skill. It wasn't anything taking care of anybody else. It was this little family of the cast and the crew. And after six weeks, we had one weekend of performance and it was done. But the thing was, my mom was very proud of this. And mm -hmm. she would say to me, when people would come for a visit, they'd say, oh, Bridget, she's a great actress. Do you know she gets every part she auditions for? That's awesome. <laughs> and I'm embarrassed. I'm like, well, mom, I only tell you about the ones I get. I don't tell you. <laughs> and then uh, the other cool thing is the road from where I live is the actor, Jeff Daniels, has um, mm -hmm. a, a local playhouse in Chelsea called oh. the Purple Rose Theater, and they do fabulous professional work there mm -hmm. and they're great. And I've been to some workshops and things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and honest mom said to me one day, you know, Brenda, you should call that Jeff Daniels and tell him you're available. That's awesome. Because uh, he needs to know that. <laughs> yeah, that is so cool. Speaking of your mom, where, so they immigrated from Ireland. When did yes. they, when did she come over? I'm in curious. 19, in 1957, um, okay. they emigrated with my three brothers and really the whole show is how courageous and how brave they were. My father was a printer and Ireland in the 1950s was a, not very good and they wanted a better future for their boys. And so they knew no one in this country. Mm -hmm. They knew nothing. And he got a job at the Detroit free press and, mm. um, sent for my mom and my brothers and they moved here and one of the stories i tell is that they had gotten a television set in ireland and my brother's favorite were the american westerns and they couldn't wait to see the wild west right yeah in detroit yep. and um my mom said that when they were in the taxi cab leaving metro airport to get to the little house my dad had rented mm -hmm. my brothers had their noses pressed against the windows saying where are the cowboys? Where uh, are the cowboys? <laughs> that's, wow, that's cool. So that's know, what the show is all about. It's it's personal, awesome. personal storyline uh, and how we get to, you know, where we ended up. It, and it's powerful and yeah. it's fun. And I, I think it I think it really will serve a need that so many people have right now. Absolutely. My great grandma Green actually immigrated uh, to Ellis Island during in 1918 during the oh, Great wow. Potato Famine. So uh, that uh, says a lot um, about the tenacity and the toughness of that generation to, to just pick up and go. Um, oh, the courage. 
I think she was 17 or 18 at the time. She came with her sisters and her brothers and um, that was it. I was like, yeah, that just is mind blowing. And I give your parents a lot of credit for yeah. you know, that toughness because it could not have been easy to save me. Yeah, yeah, we think it's a big deal to move to another state, right? right. <laughs> no, I just love how you're gonna with your play. You're taking through that 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 little journey, right? And I think it's really cool to show that there's more to this person than their diagnoses. And I think exactly. that's what's really important. Boy, you hit the nail on the head. Is so when you see this frail, ninety-year-old person or eighty-five-year-old person mm -hmm. that. Maybe you'll remember the story about Mrs. Kelly's journey and mm -hmm. all that she went through. And this is where she is now. And, and it's all about honoring people and, and really, really um, recognizing the whole person and their history and about dignity and care. And the other really important point about dignity and care is it benefits both of you. I don't have regrets because I know the way that I cared for my mom. It was not perfect. There were days that I wish I could do a rewind and I could mm -hmm. have done better. Um, those are the days I needed a nap. Anyways, yes. um, <laughs> that, yeah. that always keeping her dignity in mind meant every single day, I just did the best I could at that moment. Mm -hmm. And when, when, you know, when you know better, you do better, as Maya Angelou said, right? Absolutely. Um, no, and I think but it's all about learning and being open to it. And I hope that my work from my website, there's lots of mm -hmm. videos and stories mm -hmm. and blog posts and things that um, people tell me it really helps them. In fact, so my name is Brita. And I had a friend who said that one night her dad was not asleep and she couldn't watch television. And she just decided to watch some of my videos. Mm -hmm. And she said, I need a Brita. <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool. So the, with that being said, what action do you want our listeners to take, our viewers, listeners to take? Well, um, on my website, there is a, uh, a newsletter. And yeah, if you like to keep up with my goings on, if you sign up for it, um, I send a, a, a blog post irregularly, okay? <laughs> um, maybe once a month if i'm good um, yep. but as i get closer to the show it's probably a little bit a little bit more and my hope is i right now i'm taking i'm let, sharing the process which is fabulous mm -hmm. about having the readings and my director and where we're going and the choices we're making and um i'll be announcing the actual show dates and um information about the world premiere and then there's a lot of organizations who are already interested for 2022 saying we need to raise money. We, 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 you know, who doesn't? But we really need to raise money, and we're kind of, you know, the what we've been doing is getting kind of old and tired. This is cool. This is different. Yeah. We think people would come, and um, you know, I have, as I say, I, I have a lot of experience in it, and I'll be happy to work with organizations and help them make decisions so that it is successful. Will but, you travel out of state? Oh, will you travel? Out of okay. I have my passport, Francis. Okay? okay, I am ready. I have friends in the UK. I have all my cousins in Ireland, and I have told them that's the plan. So no, I we want to awesome. go everywhere. Cool. No, I think uh, I just you know I, I'm sitting here as we're talking, and I'm just this is going to resonate so well. We're going to learn so much from it, and it's going to give people, I think, a chance to realize that just because someone has that diagnosis today, it doesn't take away from who they are or who they will be. Yeah, is it a challenge? Absolutely. Yeah. But that doesn't mean- You come out that, the other side. Exactly. You know, and, and the other interesting thing, I'm, I'm so glad you bring this up, is that the diagnosis and this behavior is part of who this person is, right. but not the whole. 
And this show is not a show entirely about dementia um, and caregiving. That's a, an important part of it, but it's not the whole thing. And yeah. so I, no one is, you're not going to get hit over the head by it. There's, there's really touching parts that, you know, your eyes might leak. I'm going to warn you, bring some tissues. Um, but I think you're going to laugh a lot. I know you're going to laugh. And um, it, I have a blast doing it. So I, I'm thinking it's going to be very accessible and mm -hmm. Even people who are not in the in a role of caregiving, um, those people are going to really love it and relate to it. But other folks are going to have an appreciation for the caregivers in their life by experiencing That's, this play. And I also think too, for some of our medical professionals, it'd be good for them to get a sense of what it is like because. Um, you know, I go, I, I know I'm hammering this point, but I am so tired of people being a dementia resident, a dementia patient, a this yeah. patient. They're a person living with whatever they're living with because exactly. we all have our issues that we're living with, whether we want to admit it or not. And yeah. uh, it is part of who you are. It is not, like you said it best, it is not all of who you are. And so I want our listeners to remember there are bright spots still when someone has a diagnosis. There's bright spots to look for those window moments, I like to call them. So be mindful of those and give yourself some self-care. Uh, and I just want to say, Brita, I applaud what you're doing. I, I want to say thank you for taking time to share uh, your story with me. Uh, I, yeah, I have an utmost respect for what you do and for the wonderful work that you've provided. So thank well, you for being feeling is The feeling is mutual, Francis. I certainly feel that way about your work as well. And this, this podcast is terrific. Um, I hope people view it as a tremendous resource because that's what we need to do. Find yes. the resources, find the help. Don't be shy. Absolutely not. And with that, I want to say we are hosting an event September 16th and 17th in Denver, Colorado. So check us out, collaborationinaging.com. Uh, we are constantly sharing new information. It is going to be a wild approach to an actual event. Here we have a village for our viewers that you're going to navigate through as a family member. You're going to get different cards and it's going to be a little confusing, unsettling. So for our professionals, we're going to make you wear different hats to better understand what some of our families go through. So September 16th and 17th in Denver, Colorado. And Brita, appreciate you as always. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, just, yes, thank you. Thank you.